Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. I reside usually on the Erie campus. No matter what campus you're listening in today, near or far, we love you. We're so thankful you're tuning in. We hope that you're having a great start of your first February of 2023, February 1st. I was going to say, is there, a, is there a second February coming up? Nope. It's the first February of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> and we love that there is still snow on the ground, my friend, until yeah, May. It, it, May. Is wi- it is winter, man. <laughs> people keep like, I can't believe it's snowing. Like, it's, it is winter. Yes. But it'll all be over March 1st. It will be all That's over. That's my prediction. <laughs> hey, sorry we haven't been around for a few weeks. Your host had <laughs> some illness. You were unclean. I was unclean. You were unclean. That's okay, man. You know what? We're getting through it. We're thankful to be back. I got Thomas in the booth like you've heard already. So good to be sitting down with him. February 1st, 2023. We're in Luke. We're approaching a super interesting turn in luke in the next week 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 and a half two weeks yes yeah big turn um jay's preaching well don't say that because i'm gonna delete that podcast (laughs) (laughs) no way i'm excited next week we're gonna podcast and talk about your preach you know what i'm already leaving things outside of my sermon but i'm like i want to talk about that eventually are we gonna podcast while we're out of town you know, we probably have to do it. We'll talk about that. I got an idea. Okay. Anyways, hey, Calvary, so good to be with you. If you want to find out what's happening in your neck of the woods, do me a solid and go to calvarybible.com. Click your campus. Click events. See what's happening in your neck of the woods. Also, submit a prayer request. We love to be praying for We are praying people here at Calvary. We'd love to pray for you, so submit a prayer request. Also, if you need anything, that prayer request button helps us know how to help you and also there's so many great ways to get connected this 2023 here at calvary don't waste an opportunity to get connected go to calvarybible.com find out what's happening all right the announcements are over luke 17 is a really interesting passage you have you noticed i'm jumping into it i'm just jumping into this <laughs> better otherwise you'd be talking about what you're doing for valentine's day so (laughs) you mean single awareness day (laughs) valentine's day is like in the midst of like saint patty's day (laughs) i don't know what you do with these holidays you know what there's some legendary stories of my college years on single awareness day oh really yeah we'll save that for a podcast we will but um you know it, it is it's the heart month i like the heart month it's fun yeah it's really fun you know what? Do you like, what's your favorite candy throughout the year? Do you like Halloween candy? Mm. Do you like Easter candy? Do you like Valentine candy? Do you like 4th of July ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> what's 4th of July candy? Yeah. Um, Do you like Christmas candy? Because there is Christmas themed candy. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. What's your favorite candy? Because some people like those hard hearts. Yeah. You know, the hearts. I think... If there was a candy to go to, it would be like a, I don't know if you have to tell me if this is a candy, like a toffee. Ooh, a toffee. So that'd probably that'd be, be in the Christmas, Christmas category. Christmas yeah. category, right? Yeah. I think a box of menthol chocolates. At <laughs> 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 oh, God, the worst Heart candy. You know? <laughs> You're like, what? 
Dude, <laughs> what they inject in here? <laughs> then I just always think of Forrest Gump. Like, life's a bunch of chocolates. Yeah, you never know. A box of chocolates. A box yeah. of chocolates. And you I'm never like, know. yep, that's my life. <laughs> Mystery bag of disappointment. We want to hear from you. What's your favorite holiday candy? We got, we got some categories here. We got Halloween candy. I mean, Halloween candy is super fun. I, here's my problem with Halloween it's all candy. Like, it's all shaped funny. This is this is my thing is everyone buys a bag from Costco. Yep. Which there's like three <laughs> options, right? So Working you, supers. You buy a bag, I buy a bag, yeah, and then we exchange <laughs> <laughs> our bags of candy. So, so, so true. And you're like, wait a minute, I how do I have the same candy I started with? And you're thankful that you do too at the same time. Like, Unbelievable. I love this candy. That's why I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you go through your Halloween candy before you hand it out and, and snag the no, goodies? No, 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 no man. No, no way. Okay. Unless, well, actually, I will confess, Swedish fish are, yeah, okay, maybe I do, actually. Yeah, yeah I love Swedish fish. I you, love Swedish You tax candy. the candy before it goes yeah, out. Totally. That's good. Hey, but, you All know, right. there's some a lot of great candy, even Valentine's. There's roses. You know, like, it's like your heart-shaped candy. And anyways. Man, I, I think that. We've digressed. <laughs> I, I have bought Kristen valentine's day candy mm-hmm. the day after valentine's day oh walgreens bro yeah, walgreens because your love is 50 percent off <laughs> and if it's three days it's 75 percent gosh it's amazing it is amazing hey anyway, it was a right. we uh we had a white elephant gift exchange in january we had a christmas party yeah and we hosted and i went to walgreens for the christmas aisle and found christmas slippers that were 80 percent off <laughs> they were fuzzy they were like polka dotty and we know our walgreens guy right yeah and he just rang me up and i was like paying i was like you're not gonna ask me what i'm doing with these slippers <laughs> he's like no <"Nah." laughs> i was like i don't know how i feel about this wouldn't it be great to have orchestrated your entire family calendar <laughs> to being two weeks after holiday dates so like your kids oh. thought christmas was always like january 7th that'd be interesting they, and your wife always thought february 16th was Valentine's Day. Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get back into it. Luke 17. And here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing about Luke 17. It feels like, as you read the whole thing, it feels like it's a collection of things and not really one thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think it is a one thing until it's a shift, I guess. Oh, okay. Explain that. Because like it feels like the first half is like things disciples can't do, which is like they haven't... They can't claim their rights. They can't shut their mouth when they see people sinning. They can't judge people Mm. or bear judgment. They can't be complacent or smug. Like, does that make sense? And why'd you why'd you frame the whole thing and you can't? What does it say about you and your faith with Jesus? Well, like I was thinking, it was more like you can. Oh, okay. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's really good. Like you can forgive. Mm -hmm. You can have incredible faith. You, you can give gratitude. Here's why. Here's why I put it in a negative in this instance. Yeah. I get just a clue for me was the exclamation points that the SV uses. It seems like they're you know negative statements. Hmm. I know the exclamation points aren't in the Greek. I can hear Zach Tom. In the background, like, there's no Greek. That's true. But it tells you what was in the Greek. Does that make sense? Or the tone? Yeah. And what was the tone? Mm, Interesting. Well, 
regardless of if you view your Christianity as restrictive like Jay does or positive <laughs> wow. like I do. I'm just saying this section was. Yeah. I'm not saying all of it. But could you, did you feel the room as I felt the room on Sunday with the groans? No, because I had great coffee that I was drinking. <laughs> yeah. And I was groaning with him. Like, so we open up with, here's where we've been. Mm-hmm. Here's where we're moving into. Today's theme seems impossible. You know, when, you, when Christianity feels impossible, we like need more faith. It yeah. feels like we need more faith. The theme today is forgiveness. And it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been the weather, though, too. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, you, yeah, that that room felt different. <laughs> After Which that flavor. I think because it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, every, like per, it's so personal, I should say that. Yeah. Is everybody, I think, in the room immediately could think contextually what they were potentially going to be bumping up against in 15 minutes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, oh, no, we're, re, we're revisiting some trauma, we're revisiting some abuse, we're revisiting a wrong, mm-hmm. we're revisiting all these things. And it's like, I don't I don't want to be in this room right now. Yeah, no, totally. Like, get me out of this room. Yeah. I was thinking about this, that forgiveness is so in our face because it happens every day. Yeah. Someone disappoints you every day. Does that make sense? Almost, it feels yeah. like. I think that's why it's seven, seven times a day, seven yeah. times seventy. Like the fullness of, you gotta forgive for the whole day. It's a long day. Yeah, you use a phrase that I really think I want to just explore, um, and we talked about it a little bit this morning. But use this forgiveness is truth telling. What do you mean by truth telling? Why did you Why did you remember that phrase? It's um, well, it's sort of a it's a kingdom of God phrase. Actually, yeah. it's an ethic. The ethic of the Sermon on the Mount, the ethic of the middle part of Luke, which we are just coming to the end of, Luke 17, the beginning of Luke 17, let me say it that way. Um, there's an ethic that everything around the Christian life is you telling the truth. Yeah. Telling the truth of grace, telling the truth of reality, telling the truth of forgiveness, maybe, or like what has happened in your yeah. life. I think in part because in my limited experience as a pastor, I find that most people are resistant to forgiveness because they think in some way it's going to cover up the offense in a way that's like hidden right? or they're going to excuse a behavior or it's going to remove the need for consequences or they have to participate in this like forgetting and nobody ever knowing and uncovering what was what was truly happening in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't want to forgive because I don't want this to just disappear and be swept away, excused, mm-hmm. forgotten, no accountability, no consequence, no justice. Yeah. We love to keep some arrows or ammunition in our back pocket, don't we? Mm-hmm. We just love it. It makes so, us feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's that part like you are talking about, the connection you know, you move from this conversation about money to forgiveness and recognizing the word forgiveness is actually a financial term mm. of canceling debts. Like somebody has to own this debt. Yeah, how'd you come to that? Like just through the Greek, you sort of Fred, caught that? Yeah, one of the commentators, I think it was Fred Craddock or I think it was it was him. Um, it was interesting. Pulled out the link between the two. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. It's like, hey, do you want to be generous with your resources? 
the Pharisees, you don't want to be generous with your resources. Okay, I'm going to tie that to your lack of generosity with, with grace and forgiveness towards people. Like, mm-hmm. And that's the whole, that's been the whole theme is they're frustrated of how generous God is with people. So then he's like, well, this is who God is. And one of the key things is you're my disciples. So then he turns to the disciples. Hey, pupils, you want to know the way of the teacher? I'm going to tell you the way of forgiveness. Yeah. It's an impossible task. But And which, which, why do you say it's impossible? For those who maybe aren't familiar with Luke 17, it's because Jesus says you should forgive a time seven times a day. Yeah, I think it's, it's even like the rebuke piece. Like you have to go to him and correct him. Mm. Like who's doing that today? Yeah. I think we, we, we quoted um, Vanderweel, who leads the human flourishing program at Harvard. By the way, I was already going to use that this week's sermon. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's great because it's actually two different parts of yeah. that. I think that's a fascinating study. Tell it's us a fasc- what, Well, tell us the study. There's there's six domains that they recognize. It's kind of a secular piece. It's a Harvard study. But Vanderweel's a Christian, mm-hmm. and they're just recognizing here are six domains that you need to have kind of complete or in place and operating in a functional, healthy way mm-hmm. for humanity to flourish. And but, but, but one of them is not necessarily forgiveness. He just recognized that the lack of forgiveness is turning into a public health crisis mm-hmm. because we, we can't be reconciled to each other. We, so it's just fracturing everywhere. Because we don't tell the truth to each other. Yeah. Which we is... just ghost them, you know, defriend, leave a relationship, or don't say anything. Yeah, just walk away. Like, oh, it's, yeah, no big deal. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Or don't ask for forgiveness. One, one, this is kind of random, but one guy after the service had an interesting question that I really appreciated was, okay, so in his experience, mm-hmm. someone comes to him and asks for forgiveness but he's not ready to forgive because we talked about forgiveness having two aspects to it, a decisional and emotional, Mm -hmm. or I think it was Keller who put it as a promise and a process. So you're, you're making a commitment to someone, Hey, I'm not, I'm going to empty my ammunition against you, Mm -hmm. but then give me some time for my heart to catch up to that. But he said, you know, in his experience, someone has come to him and said, will you forgive me? And he kind of had, you know, this hesitancy of like, I'm not sure. And then they use that as ammunition. Well, well if you're not going to forgive me, then I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. Right. Or what, when you, tell me when you're ready to forgive me, and I'll ask again. Yeah, they get angry at totally. Him. And it's like, oh, that, that I was talking, talking to him. Like that's probably a clue that they they're not repentant. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have, you, there's no humility there. But wow, how we weaponize our apology, mm-hmm. and then like just dump that on somebody. Like, well, I've apologized. Now it's your job to get over it. Yeah. You're like, wow. Have you noticed we that like really hurt each other? <laughs> yeah, we really hurt each other. <laughs> Have you noticed that, like, when we talk about forgiveness, we use violent language, like mm. weapons, yeah, ammunition. It's all because it's like it's some of the most extreme things that can happen in humanity. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's why we use maybe violent language. I, I think it's because, like, you know, depending on the offense, and I have some significant offenses in my life. Yeah. It it was violent against me. Like, it was a form of violence, you know? Yeah. And I have, you know, the truth be told, I need to ask for forgiveness, you know, that we're violent yeah. towards others. Oh, yeah. And I've had that in my life, what I had to go through and ask for forgiveness. Yeah, there's, there's a person in my life who is really quick to address me in ways I've hurt them. Mm-hmm. It's like non-familial relationship. Like, hey, the way you said this, the way that you talked about this, it hurt my heart. And I'm like, I'm so glad you said something because I've also been in relationships where they don't say anything. 
And then there's like this, the slow bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, and does give me an opportunity to apologize and yeah. even learn from that. So I don't wound anybody else. But yeah, you talked about that. Let's talk about that. What if you don't forgive what happens actually? You know, there, gosh, there's so many good texts on forgiveness um, that we didn't have time to get into. One one commentator pointed out that the actual term relates to being bent like a wreath. Mm. And so there's something in us that becomes distorted. And so we become something that we really don't want to become. And Luke 17, 3, Jesus starts with, hey, take care of yourselves. It's like the whole conversation of forgiveness is first and foremost framed with, hey, this one's for you. Mm-hmm. And we often think of, you know, the perpetrator. They need They need help. Just like, hey, I want you to guard your heart. I think it's from the Proverbs, right? Guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. But yeah, it's, it's something that happens in us. I gave a silly story on Sunday of someone who had held a grudge against my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of humorous. But you think, gosh, that's what has happened in somebody who yeah. didn't just confront someone and say, hey, you hurt me. Like mm-hmm. What you said, what you did, what you didn't do, expectations I had of you. Even like, hey, this you didn't even know about this. Yeah. Usually, sometimes you don't even know that you've offended someone oh, yeah. for years. And you're like, I would have made that right a long time ago. Yeah. You know, Tom opened his sermon with an address to the younger crowd. So the uh, students were there from, from CU. And he said, if you're under the age of 30, I'm so glad you're here today. I have a principle to teach you from Jesus that will save your life. Because I, I can't tell you how many, I think it's true for us too, how many 60-year-olds we know who have seeds of bitterness in their family against the church, against people that have just ruined their soul mm. that because it wasn't addressed. And so he's like, man, you who are young, let me teach you this principle of forgiveness. Mm. And it's hard. It's really hard, but it's really hard. I had a Nathan moment this week. Is it this week? Last week? Cause I'm, I'm getting ready to teach about like, yeah, totally. you, you know, you have to forgive. And if you don't know the Nathan story, it's David has sinned. And Nathan comes as a prophet and kind of throws out the story of a man who was wealthy, has a large herd of sheep. Right. But he envies this man who has one sheep and steals the one sheep. Right. And Nathan's like, or David says, man, how wicked is this person? Like, put him to death. And Nathan's like, you are the man. Yeah. So I don't ever want a Nathan moment. <laughs> dude, I, I have Nathan moments all the yeah, time. Totally. Yeah. He's like, you teach, and then you're like, oh, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, so I had been getting ready for this story or whatever. So it was in my heart of like, I'm going to share this and like, yeah, people, those people who harbor bitterness, you know? So I was down in Denver and I had walked into this place and there was someone I hadn't seen in a while. It's been like probably at least nine months. Yeah. And it kind of like hit me and I don't, I don't want to say hi to them. I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, why do I want to like them? And I was like, oh no, oh no. I had need to go talk yeah. to them. Was, it just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, you are the <laughs> man. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'm so thankful the Lord is committed to my formation too. That's right. But, that's right. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because when you talk about forgiveness, Thomas, and you wrestle with these passage, I've always thought his preaching or like teaching the word of God was more about it's like my own journey within that moment. Does that make sense? You like you want you know it's it's God's word. It has a, yeah. a, for everyone, but it really is like pressed upon that who is teaching it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think 
all teaching is like in a moment in time, right? Mm-hmm. And so you just come to a living text and it seems to speak to you mm-hmm. for what's going on today. Yeah, in your own world. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, you, you work with people all the time too. Um, what's been most helpful with people um, processing forgiveness? Because it's really hard, but the end goal is freedom. Like you forgive yeah. and you, you are setting yourself free. Yeah, and this is not a, a antidote, but this is a reality I think I've, I've learned through living in Proverbs, the Proverbs, reading Proverbs a day, is that be quick to ask for forgiveness. Mm, yeah. Be the first person in the room to ask for forgiveness. And that's actually not a pride thing because that could be turned into pride. Like I'm always the one to ask for forgiveness. Yes, even ammunition right there. Yeah. But it's the humility like I don't have it. I'm not really that perfect <laughs> as I think I am yeah. or put together. So I, I've got to be the first one to ask for forgiveness. And especially in marital relationships, that's done me so much good even in my own life for like asking for forgiveness first. Even when I don't want to, I don't feel like it, I don't, I feel like I'm right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, I feel like I'm justified. Yeah. You know, yeah. we use these words, these very big words. And I would say that's a really key in it. Or maybe it is an antidote. Like, be the fr- be quick to ask for forgiveness. It is the easiest way to live mm-hmm. because when I hold on to it and try not to, it just hurts. It's more painful, and it it creates more pain the longer you hold on to it. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, well, like, what would be your practice on like? Like some of these things are really hard to forgive in the yeah. sense of like, hey, I want to, but I have like, I have like nightmares or I have post-traumatic yeah. stress. You know, it's like, what would you encourage someone to do? Yeah. I, this is not like the, you know, counseling show, but I mean, like what would be like a good practice or a good direction? I think first and foremost, you have to look at Jesus and see what he did. And, you know, like the best thing about Jesus, I think one of the best things about Jesus I say these big statements all the time. One of the best things about Jesus is that whatever he asked me to do, he's done it to the extreme. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to forgiveness, he literally forgives the people that drive the nails into his hand. Like, he he forgives the high priest, Caiaphas, who turns Mm -hmm. him over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, he does it in a way which it actually costs him his life. So I would start there. Think about Jesus. What did Jesus do? I mean, that's a really mm. key. Feel what he did, not just ethereal, like, I know this, this is functional, this is truth, but, like, feel some of that anguish he would have felt, maybe. Yeah. And then start to start to actually probably ask your Heavenly Father to help you step into it. And there's many paths. So, like, I'm going to stop it there because in that situation with post-traumatic stress, with violence, like real violence, with some of the major things we know that we throw at you to say, Mm -hmm. you can't forgive that, right? You can't forgive that. Those stories. I think there's multiple ways in which people come to healing and forgiveness. And some of that is through therapy. Mm -hmm. That's a real reality, talking it out. Some of it comes from encounter and conf- confrontation 
Some that comes from legal means, the justice system, for them to be able to offer forgiveness. Um, so there's so many caveats to that that I wouldn't want to give an antidote to. But I would start the, those two places first. It's good. Formation. Where would you start? I mean, that's a that's a really tough question because we live some these stories. We know these stories. We live with people who have had violence done yeah. to them. And, like, how do you ask them to step into forgiveness? Yeah, I, I think it's one, it's a long process. I think that's, it's a direction that you, you choose. Mm-hmm. And then you got to work, you got to work the process. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I mean, first and foremost, if you're a Christian, to recognize the work that Christ has done. And then, like, I'm the recipient of that. Not only did he die, and look how he forgave, but I'm the recipient of that forgiveness. Um, not forgetting that I need forgiveness as much as the person that I'm holding it against, you know? Um, but I, th- I think to your original question, like the truth telling piece, I think that has been really helpful for me personally. And then with some, with some folks of like, tell me what happened and, uh, what, what do you want to do to this person? Like what, what ill do you want to come on their life or what, what reconciliation would you want? Mm-hmm. Um, even truth telling, like, I wish this wasn't part of my story. You know, I think just the open dialogue about it is helpful. Um, especially if you get around some people, like even in a group where they can tell their story of, of how they forgave mm-hmm. or even like, you know, researching some like inspiring stories of these incredible people that were able to forgive um, in like South Sudan, yeah. forgive in some of these, these conflict wars. I can't believe the people that forgive like the death row inmate. Yeah. It's just like, wait, I, that's beyond me. Like yeah. what would they tap into, you know? But I think the truth telling is important because I think so many of us, we want accountability, mm-hmm. and we think if 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 we let go of this, mm-hmm. then they get away with it. Yeah, and it's like no, we actually should be more willing to talk about it and hold people accountable, so that we know we have the ability to forgive. Which is, I mean, essentially forgiveness. I like the definition that Vanderweel had given, moving from ill will to goodwill. But I really, I mean, I also really love how Romans twelve talks about it, of like. I know we needed to get there. Didn't you we? move someone's accountability. They're not accountable to me. Mm-hmm. They're accountable to God. And, yep. and vengeance is not mine. Vengeance is the Lord. He will repay. Mm-hmm. And Wolf, we talked a little bit about Wolf. He talks a lot about that mm-hmm. and the importance to under, like that's where justice comes in. Like justice will be served. Yeah. Um, but we don't have to be the one that executes it necessarily. Yeah. Or even the government that we serve under has to execute yeah. it because God is the true judge yeah the right judge but i think for anybody who's listening or even has a friend like the worst atrocity there is it's possible to forgive Mm. and we went through all the things it's not you know it's not forgetting it's not excusing it's not lack of accountability it's not staying in a place that does you harm oh totally like we talked a little bit about that of you know if you're a domestic Mm -hmm. you know violence yeah it's like forgiveness doesn't mean that you just say oh yeah no nobody i forgive you and then you remain there yeah Totally. That's not loving. That's not loving. Yeah. To, that, to that person, like he's de- he or she is destroying their soul mm-hmm. by abusing you. And if you really love them, you need to get them help. Yeah. So I think unpacking like what it's not, I think that's even a part of the conversation. Like where do you begin? Mm-hmm. What What is forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I think I keep, I just keep thinking about this truth telling. I think that's a great, man, if you want a great life, if you just want a great life, be someone who just tells the truth because you have nothing to hide Yeah, when you start telling the truth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Now, 
you you can tell tell the truth without seasoned with grace, seasoned with love, you know. And that those people are, I hate being around those people that just tell me the truth without those things, right? But there is a sense of your life will go well for you when you live into just truth telling. And I, I think that's really what came out of forgiveness is like for me this week is like forgiveness is there, it's necessary, it's a it's a joy to participate with God in. Mm-hmm. And yes, it isn't the process of me getting better and better at telling the truth. Just in general. Yeah. I think as I as I grow into Christ more and more, I'm finding that a lot of these things are not like, it's not within me to forgive. Mm-hmm. But when you're like experiencing his forgiveness on a regular basis, like, oh my goodness, he is so kind to forgive me again. It's almost like I, I'm i not trying to like receive Jesus and then try to give me to somebody. It's mm-hmm. just like, I'm just letting this thing pass through me. Totally. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. And so like what I'm given is just like what I just got. Yeah. Was That was grace. I'm giving, trying to give grace. But yeah, it's so important. I mean, it's like, I, I do recognize it as, I think he's right by saying it's a public health crisis. It's like, they have families, marriages, communities, schools, the political scene, churches. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. It's just getting fractured. I love what Paul says in Second Corinthians 2. I can't remember if we got there or not on Sunday. Where he's like, listen, guys, I know that there's some dysfunction, and you guys are working through forgiveness, but whoever you forgive, just count me in. Like, I'm in on the forgiveness game. Really? So that um, the devil himself will not outwit us with his schemes. Like, we know his schemes, and his schemes is to get you to be bitter against that person, and then it's just going to blow this thing up. So if you guys are forgiving, just count me in. Yeah, totally. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is beautiful. You know, I think the forgiveness is, it has to start where you ponder the most violent act in human history, which is God giving his son, who was perfectly innocent, over to the hands of those who killed him. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the most violent act in human history that God would give his son. And if you start there, if you start thinking about it, reading about it, picturing it, feeling it, it will change how you view forgiveness. I think so. Well, let's keep practicing it. Yeah. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any arrival on this one either. (laughs) I wish there was (laughs) because today we're going to have to practice it after we say goodbye to this podcast. Yeah. I I got to practice asking for forgiveness within one hour of returning <laughs> home from Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the humility of the ugh, humility. Gosh. Hey, Calvary, we're just so grateful you're in this conversation. We hope that it's just a blessing to you in the sense that it helps you think through uh, the real implications for like your life lived, just the day to day where you're at today. We ask that you just, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you would write us always at the weekly. We love to hear from you. Also, you can reach out to us individually. Hit us up in the lobby, the foyer, the church. Just say, hey, what do you think about what's going on the weekly? And more importantly, we would love for you to give us a review on Apple, iTunes. Nothing but five. Yeah. Because we might be bitter if you gave us <laughs> anything less. We'd forgive you. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, we love you. Thanks for listening and thanks for being patient as we get these out. And you have a great February. We're praying for the Lord to do some amazing things among us this year, 2023. And even in the first 
February of 2023. See you guys.